Welcome to Instructions, I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And you look perplexed. I am extremely perplexed. I, man. So last week you busted out the gigantic, uh, was it the Barracuda or Bar whatever? The Pirates of Barracuda Bay. This massive child-sized box full of Lego. I'm very excited about this set. Uh, and I didn't have a Lego set. And right now it's extremely difficult to try to find Legos because a lot of them are on backward because mm -hmm. people didn't stay at home building Lego, which is cool. Um, but it's kind of a, a famine out there. So I looked up architectural model kits because I wanted to build some buildings. And I found one. I got King Arthur's Camelot. And I thought it was in, like, you know, pieces. <laughs> like model-type pieces. Right. And if you can see the uh, video right now, it is in, like, a bajillion jigsaw puzzle pieces. They're, like, padded jigsaw Yeah, they're foam... Piece. Back like oh, close cell kind of foam pieces, and it's a 3D jigsaw puzzle, not necessarily a 3D model kit. Yeah. So it's not like here's a pop out piece of a door. Here's literally uh, uh, like a couple thousand pieces of 3D foam things that you have to put together in three dimension. 865. To be fair, it does say 3D puzzle on the box. Yeah. <laughs> it did. <laughs> And there was one that I saw of Notre Dame. I'm like, oh, that would be cool. There's buttresses and doors. And buttresses. the way that the video on Amazon had it go together was like, here's the spot. You just boop, you put the spire on top. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. Um, There's a little misleading. <laughs> but it does say, assemble your 3D puzzle in three steps. <laughs> Sort <you> pieces. <laughs> assemble flat sections. Go. <laughs> like that. That's all it takes. <laughs> That's misleading. Yeah. Uh, so I have about a million gray pieces with little tiny pieces of detail that are meant to go up in multiple castle uh, elements, vertical elements, and this is going to take forever. It's a really impressive looking finished product. Yeah, because I thought like I could take our little D&D &D characters, uh, and if we had like a D&D &D game, we could have at least a massive fortress yeah. to set the stage. That's a good idea. Yeah, it was in concept. <laughs> Execution, not so much. Well... It should keep you busy for a while. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I feel like it's a huge amount of time sorting and then probably fairly quick assembly. Yeah, because um, there weren't a whole lot of materials available, apparently, in King Arthur's Day. And so <laughs> there's just... Gray. Yeah, gray stone. And there's wood. And That's like tree. me in Minecraft. Is like everything is just gray cobblestone because that's the easiest thing to get. See, but then it says it's got some pieces with these little red uh, little dots on them. And it says, pieces with red dots are not part of the actual puzzle. Set them aside and discard them only when you have finished assembling your puzzle. Are they vital to huh. assembly, but not required? I'm, I want to throw them away now. Well, that's weird. I wouldn't do that. Why? Well, no, but I want to. Huh. I'll set them over there in the Badlands. I wonder if those are just knockout pieces that are part of the process and they don't want to go through the effort of removing them, you know? So they just dump them all in the box. So it's 865 pieces, 300 of which you don't actually need. <laughs> That'd be cool. Let's see, there's one. Get out of here. Yeah, I see a lot of them. Looking yeah. Just glancing at the box, there's quite a few. Well, I'm excited to start bag number two of the Pirates of Barracuda Bay. Bar Barracuda Bay. Barracuda. Uh, it's a big set, and it's pretty cool. I, it hasn't really given me the option yet to decide whether I'm making the boat or the shipwreck. Because you can make it, you know, as a boat or as a shipwreck mm -hmm. boat. I guess it's a boat either way. Uh, but, man, this is a very large... Oh, okay. It starts in the middle if you want to do the other one, I guess. Huh. Well, I guess I'm just doing whichever one's first in the book. Because it didn't really give me the chance. This is going to take forever. But I'm excited about it. Uh, how was Father's Day? Father's Day was yesterday. Yep. Oh, 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 before we get to that, speaking of Father's Day, before I, I do want to hear about your Father's Day, but Anthony is with us on the phone today yep. because his wife, oh. ah, don't, oh. yeah, don't, don't unmute your thing. He's listening in. He's being producer from afar, but, um, he, uh, his wife is about to have a baby. Yeah. So they're home. They're about to have baby time this week. So congratulations to them. Yeah. Um, have we named his baby yet? Because he's not here to refute what the baby's name is going to be. So we could. Last I heard, it was Shade uh, uh, Raid Shadow Legends. 
That's right. It yeah. wasn't McAudible. No, I got yeah. struck down. Casper McAudible. <laughs> Casper McAudible. Yeah, that'd be um... Herman. Herman's a nice strong name. Nobody uses mm. anymore. Only the Guess Who character's name is Herman. <laughs> it's not people name anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not an actual human name. But congratulations to them for the upcoming baby. And so uh, Anthony will be out on daddy duty for a little while. But uh, how was how was Father's Day? It was good. I'm going to interrupt you again. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. How was Father's Day? <laughs> you sure? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> it was good. Um I had a chill day, and I think the the older I get as a father, that's all I can ask for for Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Like drawing me a picture with you know my unbearded bald head <laughs> that the kids seem to draw repeatedly because they they don't acknowledge in print that I have a beard. Hmm. I don't know why it's some psychological thing I'm sure that can be dissected later on. But all I asked him for was for everybody to just be cool. Like don't fight with each other please don't make me have to be a disciplinarian on father's day that's all i ask Mm. and they did a great job they rewarded me uh i got oh something i got in the mail i don't know if we talked about the snap ships that i bought here uh i don't think that you actually bought some we've talked about them before so long time listeners of the show the very first episode that we ever did we didn't buy any lego sets we had these things called snap ships. And there were things that I found with uh, some other podcast mates from the Making Geeks podcast at one of the Bay Area Maker Fairs. They had these guys had a huge setup with a bunch of like 3D printed little brick little thingies that you put together and it made these really cool looking like custom spaceships. And it, think Lego, but bigger and cool wings and guns and rocket motors and like very detailed little pieces. Like specific sections rather than blocks. Yeah. They had a lot of add-on little cannons and cool spaceshipy things. So I got to talking to the guys that made them, and I'm like, hey, man, you should let us play with some of these. And they didn't have really like a media kit, but they put one together, and they sent us some. So the very first episode of No Instructions, we're playing with those. Throw, get in your time machine and go to, what, like four or five months ago? Uh, they announced at... They announced last year at the New York Toy Fair that they had gotten picked up and actually production-made by a company called Play Monster. So you can go on playmonster.com and look up Snapships, and you can buy, I think it's like six or seven uh, of these different sets, and they range from like $10 up to like $30. So I got really excited because I thought they were really cool. My son and I love playing with them. So I bought some, and they came in the other day. So I got those for myself, and the kids wanted to play with them. So my Father's Day was them playing with my toys, (laughs) being kind to each other. And it worked. Hmm. And so I have something that I think is pretty fun. And I think is cool that we got to see it from its infancy to its actual production model. That is really cool. And the kids really dug it. It occupied them for a few hours. Because, hmm. you know, we, we built, they have a little instruction book that's very, like, uh, very similar to Lego. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Now tear it apart and make your own thing. And they come with these, like, little tiny, little, like, going to get sucked up somebody's nasal passage size pilots. Oh, really? Yeah. Super oh. duper tiny, which I think is cool as a throwback to like 80s toys when people really didn't yeah. care how much kids choked on stuff. Yeah. It says three and older, so you don't choke on it. But they're very, very small. And mm. I know that the kids are going to lose them. Uh, and I accepted that risk in the name of peace. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have Zoids growing up? Have we talked about Zoids? Zoids? No. So, uh, are you done? I don't want to. No, you're good. Okay. So, Zoids uh, were these. Not zoinks. Not zoinks. Okay. I don't know what a zoink is, but a zoink. Zoinks, like what Scooby used to say. Oh, zoinks. Oh, yeah. Um, no, zoids were these kind of buildable, but they only went together one way. Like, they weren't inter... I guess they were kind of interchangeable. It, it, they were mostly just went together one way, and they were these, like, mech animal things. So there was a dinosaur robot, and then there was, like, this... Some sort of a worm robot, and I think, I think there was, like, a gorilla or something... But they were robots, and then the heads were little tiny cockpits. And so they had these little, hmm. these, when you're talking about like little pilots, mm-hmm. these pilots were like that big, and they were plated gold looking Ooh. or silver. And they would kind of drop in. I've still got mine somewhere. I should find them because they're actually pretty cool. But um, those little guys 
were super hard to keep track of. Yeah. But the cool thing about them was that they were the correct size for all of the Japanese toys as well, which I guess is always hmm. were probably some Americanized version of a Japanese toy. Yeah. But so you could take these little guys and you could put them in the cab of Optimus Prime and they like oh, fit. That's cool. Yeah. So I had a couple of these Zoids, but the little guys I ended up playing with with a bunch of other things. Zoids were pretty awesome. Anyway, so what else did you do? Anything? Like, did you just play? We played. Um, I know this is going to sound really silly. Uh, I got to organize my refrigerator in my pantry. Nerd. <clears throat> yeah. Because I mean, my wife wasn't feeling well, so she went to go take a nap. And she apologized about 100 times that I had to, like, fend for myself on Father's Day. And I'm like, yo, whatever. It's fine. And she had just gotten groceries the day before. And it was really, like, hectic around the house. And so I opened up the refrigerator and everything just got, like, shoved in there. Mm. And so I went, well, this is kind of driving me crazy, so I'm going to fix it. So I organized the refrigerator, which seems like a very tedious, boring task on Father's Day, but it it gave me some shred of enjoyment. So there's something in my house that is a little more organized and clean, and I like doing that. So it's a very, like, Angela from the office way to spend my Father's Day. (laughs) But it worked out, and now my house is a little nicer than it was before. Cool. Right What'd you on. do? Um, not much. Um, slept in, and then we watched church online, and then uh, went for a run while uh, my wife was making like breakfast, lunch. She made waffles for me, which was pretty cool. And I don't. I, I the kids all wanted me to play video games with them. Which is something they usually play their video game time during the day while I'm working. And mm-hmm. so this was, you know, on the weekend, me just being free, they just wanted me to sit in and play Fortnite with them. And I told you this earlier, but I'll tell everybody else. I played Fortnite one time before. And it was when I installed it to see if the kids should play it or not. And when I installed it that time, I jumped in, played a game, and I got third or second or something in the first game that I played. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's not a lot of fun necessarily, but it's a thing. Yeah. So uh, my boys have been super into Fortnite the last couple weeks. They finally, I finally let them play it. I bought them like a skin or whatever, and then they just played all the time with their friends. So my oldest wanted me to play with him. So I jump in. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I have played it before. So he's he's telling me, oh, you got to go over there. You got to break this thing and get the thing. And he's talking as if he really knows what he's doing. And he really doesn't, but he's played it more than I have. So mm-hmm. he's telling me all the guns I need to get and everything. And so I just picked up a gun. And I like to play in that type of game. I get a shotgun or a rocket launcher because I, I'm not precise. I typically cannot do headshots. I just look for close quarter spray, Yep. you know. And uh, that usually works out. Spray and pray, as they call it. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm running around with a shotgun, and the game just goes on and on and on. And he's trying to find me. He's like, I'll come run with you. And I'm like, "If we probably want to survive by staying apart. If we're together, (laughs) we're both going to die. Yep. So I'm kind of not saying that, but I'm running away from him, trying to get away from him. (laughs) He's trying to catch up with me. So anyway, I kill a couple people, and he's all blown away that I'm killing these people. And then we get to the very last... Uh, a little the the storm has gotten smaller. We're on the last little circle or whatever, and uh, I killed a couple people. Picked up their guns and stuck with my shotgun. And then he runs over and somebody's shooting at him. And so I had a sniper rifle and I popped it up and headshotted the person who was shooting him and won the game. And he was pretty blown away that I saved him nice. and got like three kills. Woohoo! I will save you, son. But we won, and I told him ahead of time that, like, I'll play one round with you, and then I'm going to play something with one of the other kids. And so that was kind of a good way to, to end it on that. And I'm like, yep, yep. 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 Time to retire. Yeah. <laughs> and the boys were all like, you're really good at Fortnite. I'm like, well, well not, I was, not really. I was on the dev team, so. <laughs> so that was a, wasn't fun, but it was fun. Like, Fortnite itself wasn't really that fun, mm-hmm. but it was kind of fun to be the cool dad it's always the really yeah. silly moments that you do something that your kids don't have context when they're like what <laughs> like yeah this is day one i know how to do this little thing but you don't know this piece about me and it's yeah those are my most fun you know how to do this I'm like yes man like when we had the retro pie 
and all of the NES and Super <laughs> NES yeah. games were brand new. And then you, I just never told the kids which games I knew how to play. And I would just run straight through. Wow, Dad, you're really good. I'm like, well, yeah, it's intuition. <laughs> I was born with it. Pretty awesome. So I did that, played Fortnite, and then played Minecraft with the other two boys. My daughter, I she was out playing with her friends, so I haven't played a game with her yet this week, but that's... Does she get down on on games? Is yeah, she... yeah. She's okay. um she's been playing a lot of Little Big Planet three recently in Mario Kart, mm. and we've been we've all all the boys, me and all the boys have been t- playing Minecraft at different times. So I played Minecraft with the other two boys, but she keeps asking about it, and I'm like, well, let's play Minecraft sometime. Like you would like it because you can you can do the survival thing where you can just build stuff and it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun to just kind of build things saying that as a person who's actually never played creative so i don't really know but i would assume it's fun um but yeah she's she's definitely into games she's just not into the same ones necessarily that the other boys or that the boys play right now so there's less time for them to play together because they just want to do fortnite she's like ah it doesn't really look fun you know yeah, I'd, I played Fortnite with my son for a little while when it first came out, and he he doesn't want to play um, in the free-for-all matches because he doesn't want to get shot, which mm-hmm. I think is a very good, and I will promote that human uh, response to not getting shot. <laughs> and so he played on, I guess there was a mode where you can just have like a few people in the world, mm-hmm. and you just kind of build stuff. Oh, and there's then, like a creative mode there. Too. Yeah, but I think there was one step like closer than creative where there was only like a few people. Hmm. But they were kind of far away. Oh. And so he could see that there were a few other people in this world, but he would stay away from them because he thought they were just going to kill him. I'm like, well, I don't know. I've never played. That very well could be true. Or they could be the exact same personality as you are and just (laughs) want to play a thing and want to keep the other people at a distance. Yeah. Um, So we played uh, video games for just a little while, and then... um, after that, I came down and worked in the shop for a little while. Worked on the Wazer, got the machine. It needed some replacement parts put on it, so I did that. and Just kind of worked down here. And then uh, my wife cooked me steak and Caesar salad and mashed potatoes for dinner. I cooked steak. We had steak and Chinese green beans. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So that was good. Did and she then... grill it out in the rain like I had to? <laughs> no. She yeah, it started raining. Right before I went to go through everything on the grill, it started raining. Hmm. Uh, so we had dinner and then just kind of hung out and goofed off and watched. Uh, oh, we we started watching. So we finished Avatar recently, The Last Airbender. We watched that whole series with the kids, and we're going to watch Korra next, soon, not next. But I told them about a G.I. Joe series that came out in 2011. Did you ever see G.I. Joe Renegades? No. It was a, a one-season, short-lived show where they tried to kind of reboot uh, G.I. Joe as a instead of an army force they were more of an A-team like okay. it was four or five people the mm-hmm. main original characters as a little like team of renegades who got falsely accused of actually it's exactly like yeah it sounds exactly A-team. like A-team. I think about it. did they have a dope ride <laughs> well they kept stealing Cobra rides but <laughs> in the in the show Cobra is this global pharmaceutical company that's like we're here <laughs> to help you and we're here to you know we uh, have Cobra schools, but we also have Cobra genetically enhanced food, and we have Cobra medical centers. Wow. They're like this big, huge corporation that's actually subverting the entire world, trying to get control from behind the scenes mm-hmm. instead of an over-the-top, you know, hairband of a terrorist organization, which is kind of what they were in the 80s. Yeah, they were. So um, it's a short series. It's one season. It's like 22 episodes or something. But it was really good. Like it was a it was a clever way to try GI Joe again. You know, thirty years after the original cartoon. Um, and so we were talking about that recently, and I found it on Blu-ray pretty cheaply. So we've started watching that. That that was the thing the other night. They were like, "You can watch anything you want tonight, Dad. It's Father's Day." <laughs> Thanks. And so we, yeah, I appreciate you letting me watch whatever I want on the TV that I paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was funny though because at dinner. We were sitting around, and my wife was like, 
Let's do how well do we know daddy? Ooh. So they started asking questions. They each took turn asking a question about me, and they would go around and everybody would give their answer, and then I would have to answer. And at first I was like, oh, great. I just want to eat my food. Like, <laughs> but, but it was actually pretty Stop funny. Stop talking about your mouthful. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But it was actually pretty funny to hear their responses. Um, and so much of it they they knew, and then there were a few things that they just didn't get at all. Um, Do you have some examples? I'm trying to think of what the examples of the things they didn't get at all. I can't even, I can't remember. But, like, you know, it was stuff like, what's your favorite fruit? And what's your favorite color? What's mm. your favorite movie? Is that uh, why they asked, your oldest son came down and asked you what your favorite colors were? The other day? No, that was because he, they were making Father's Day cards. Ah. And he wanted to make sure that it was in their we guessed colors. It. Yeah. So, anyway, that was kind of a fun thing to do. But part of that was, like, what's your favorite movie of all time? And all but one of them was, like, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> like, not didn't even hesitate. I'm like, yeah, you guys got that one right. And they said, well, so we're probably going to watch Empire tonight, right? I'm like, I mean, I would be down for that, but I've made <laughs> you guys watch it so many times. It's a it's a recurring thing. So I decided to start this series that they you know, had been kind of interested in rather than putting them through Empire again. Putting them through. We'll wait till next week. We'll watch it then. <laughs> there are children across the planet who don't get to watch Empire. <laughs> That's true. They have to watch Phantom Menace. Ugh. Did you see uh, the the 40th anniversary poster that the, that Lucasfilm hired somebody to do this poster for Empire for this year? No. It is so cool. Hmm. And it was up for sale for like three or four days. And I think yesterday was the last day to buy it. And it was really expensive, but I kind of bought it. <laughs> you kind of bought it? I kind of bought it. Just I a little absolutely bit. bought it. I a little bit bought it. Um, it. The guy's name is Matt something. I can't think of what his last name is. But it's a really cool poster. It's a it's a modern take on hmm. that. But it, I mean, not modern in that it it's a new take on it. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. But uh, I'll try to see if we can find a link to it to put. Uh, it's very very cool. And they were selling the poster, and then they also had a Japanese version of it. So all the text is in Japanese, and it just looks really cool. That's awesome. Though I can't read Japanese. And they were selling both of them together for a slight discount, so I bought both of them. Well, that's just good good well, practices good. right Save, there. Saving money by doubling the price of something. So I don't know where these are going to go yet, but one of them is definitely going to go up somewhere down here. Maybe, Project video? Maybe right there. Uh, maybe. The last the last uh, poster I, frame I made was a project video. So It was also an Empire Strikes Back poster. It was. <laughs> Yeah. It'd be the only picture frames that show up in this channel right. have to hold Empire Strikes Back That's memorabilia. Right. So I don't know if, if that'll be a project or not, but it's a really cool poster. That's on its way, so I'm excited about that. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is the PS5. Mm-hmm. Are you interested in the PS5? I know you don't have a you don't have a PlayStation 4, right? Nope. Have you ever had a PlayStation? Mm, yeah. I had a PlayStation 2. And that, was a, that was a fantastic system. Yeah. Just so I could play Ace Combat 5. Oh. And I love that game. And then, what do we have after that? Next box? I had a PlayStation 3. Well, we had, I say we. When I was deployed, we had a little bit of money to, like, our, our organization was like, go buy something fun for everybody. Oh. And so we all sat around and had a big meeting, and we're like, this is what we need to buy. And then that person didn't listen to us and went and bought a PlayStation 3 <laughs> or 4. Which one do you have upstairs now? I have a 4, yeah. Which one was the big black one that was very curvy, curvy looking? That was the 3. Okay, so we had yeah. a 3, and we played Call of Duty and Madden on it. Mm. So that was our Call of Duty machine. That's really all it ever did. Hmm. And we got really good. We would go do... Uh, it was really funny. We would go do a mission um, and then come back and almost play like the exact uh, representation <laughs> of that mission that we just did on, in a video game. That's strange. Yeah. There was one Call of Duty where you could fly around in a Blackhawk, and we would get out of my helicopter and sit down on the couch to decompress, air quotes, by flying around in a Blackhawk. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, but then we had to switch, and like I don't have a lot of time to play video games, and my kids are still kind of young. So the Switch has pretty much been our exclusive uh, video game platform. Because mm-hmm. they're not cheap. No, they're The not. games are not cheap. I we got the PlayStation. I mean, I had a PlayStation Two, and I've had everyone since then. 
And I've never played a whole lot of video games, but um, when Blu-rays came out, I definitely wanted a Blu-ray player, and so that was my reasoning for getting a PlayStation 3. And then after that, it was like, well, I mean, the Ford's out, and it's also a Blu-ray player, and I can sell my PS3 and get a new system, you know, that kind of thing. And so I'm basically going to do the same thing for the 5. It's like, well, it's a UHD. Yeah. So, And I have a few of those just because I was kind of future-proofing. Um, I bet on the wrong horse with that one when I got the Xbox 360. Oh, you got the HD yeah. DVD? Yeah. For like the three movies that existed in, in my world that were HD DVD. Yeah. Um, but with the PS5, like I, I've been avoiding getting any VR system for quite a while. And I've thought about getting it for the PlayStation 4 several times. But then it's just like, I don't know. I mean... I feel like that technology is going to keep improving so quickly over the next few years that it's it's hard for me to invest in any of them because I feel like it's just going to be out of date. Especially by the time I would commit to one, it'd be like, have been out for six months. And so it's half a life cycle for... Yeah, I think with platform VR, though, I don't think it's going to be as fast. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think the PS5 will probably be the one where I... Because I, I just am in on the PlayStation yeah. ecosystem. And so I think that'll probably be the, the one where I actually get a headset. Um, especially Ooh. when they announce Squadrons. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons. If you've not heard about this and you're listening and you like Star Wars, there's a new game from EA that is all about... It's a it's a flight sim, basically, mm-hmm. I think. Or, or a combat sim, I guess, not a flight well, sim. it's a flight sim. Yeah. Um, but you get to fly on both the... Rebellion and on the... Or I don't know if it's the Republic or the Rebellion. Whatever. The good guys and the bad guys. You get to fly both sides. And it looks pretty awesome. And it's made to be VR and not VR. But it's made specifically with VR play in mind. And, like, that sounds awesome. Yep. To be able to sit down on the couch. Because, like, the VR walking around thing, like, it's novel. But I, I the one time I did it on, on your system, I was just mm-hmm. really uncomfortable. I felt like I was about to hit something because I couldn't see anything. And yep. Um, so well, being I don't able to know sit if down the... in a chair and feel like I'm in a cockpit and not feel about you know like I'm going to run into something that sounds pretty awesome. Well, I don't know if the PlayStation has any kind of like boundary notification like the Oculus does, where the Oculus will, will project like a a little grid if you're you're nearing the boundary that you create. So you can make a stationary boundary where it's just a little you know cylinder around you, or you can create a room scale boundary. And if you approach that boundary, it lets you know. And I don't know if any other. VR system does that. Yeah, I think they but do. But it's pretty nice. And even then, like, it, unless you have, like, a, a basketball court to play in, uh, you just have to alter the way that you're doing things. And I think for that game in particular, you're meant to sit down. Yeah. yeah. So you're not running around. Ooh, that would be cool if you ran around the outside of your ship. If it had to, like, have maintenance and you had to get out and, like, go repair <laughs> stuff. Like, when you hmm. land at the base and it's all smoky, it's like, oh, go replace the motivator. And you got to run back there and do it. That would be cool. Motivator. Oh, uh, hmm. This is interesting. So. So is this thing. Yeah, that's the word I will use. <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun. But I am excited about um, the uh, PS5 and Squadrons and VR. All that that combo is sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because you were talking about the Switch versus the, you know, like your kid's age and stuff. I've had the PS4 for a while, and I have several games that I've played on it. And then we got the Switch uh, a couple of Christmases ago because it felt like more of a young kid-type system. Like, there were games that they would enjoy more. It seemed like, you know, the portability of it and stuff. And until pretty recently, it was... They kind of played the Switch, and I played the PS4 after they went to bed, and they barely knew that it was even there, you know, and stuff. And then they've gotten into Fortnite, they've started playing Minecraft, they've started playing Little Big Planet, and so now and and my oldest son uh wanted to play Battlefront. That was the first thing that really brought him in. So he played that, some of that, and some of Jedi Fallen Order. Which is I'm still playing, and I'm pretty far along in it, but I'm not finished yet. So there's been a lot more video game stuff happening around our house lately, and Minecraft, which mm-hmm. we haven't talked about a whole lot about, but um People who are part of the Maker Alliance for I Like to Make Stuff have access to our I Like to Make Stuff Minecraft server, where there's a handful of us building stuff and playing together, which is pretty cool. 
So if you're if you're in the Maker Alliance and you're not on that, you should definitely get in on that because it's a lot of fun. And um, you should ignore the little messages that pop up every once in a while. It's a weird uh, glitch. Yeah. But we can't figure out why. Yeah. It says something about Josh Breakstuff gave himself diamond armor. I'm still getting to the bottom of why it keeps saying that. Um, yeah. But you should just ignore certain messages like that. It's absolutely not that he's cheating. Who taught me how? Not me. Anthony did. Anthony. I have access to cheat as well, and I don't. Okay, we got to talk about cheating. <laughs> Hang on, I have to dump this box. I, I made a Game Genie reference the other day, and I don't see how this is any different. <laughs> okay, I've never had a Game Genie. Just throwing that out. Okay. Uh, cheat codes. Cheat codes in games. They're there when you're, when you're struggling, and that's when I use... Those give commands, mm-hmm. not ch- slash cheat. It's slash give. Slash cheat. That's that, it. They should change slash it to slash cheat. That would be give. awesome. Give. He, he's got oh, to rebrand that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not cheating. Dear Mr. Minecraft. Just giving. Well, yeah. I I have been having a pretty good time with <laughs> I that. I found a piece that went together. Nice. You're halfway there. <laughs> Single piece of this gigantic puzzle. I've been having a good time playing Minecraft because it's... It's funny because the game's been around for, I don't know, what, 10 years yeah. or something? And I've never played it until just recently. And so this thing that has grown up like my kids have grown up and is just kind of a common knowledge for anybody who's ever played video games. I'm like, whoa, did you know you can break rocks and make other things out of the rocks? <laughs> it's just. I remember the first time you got onto there, you're like, I don't have anything. We're like, yeah, you got to go around and like find stuff. You're like, so I just like smacked this tree a bunch. Is that what I'm supposed to be doing? <laughs> I mean. That's what you do, right? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna stand over here. We're like, well, there's. Look, come on over here. We'll give you some stuff to get started. And then Bob just like, boom, like bolts <laughs> off into the woods, smacking trees. Well, I mean, like, okay, well, have fun. Not that I. Bob know, has I died. Wanted, Bob to... has died. Bob has been killed by a skeleton. Oh yeah. Bob I fell have, into a pit. <laughs> I absolutely have the highest number of deaths on the server. Uh, we have a stat there, and I, I mean, I'm probably like. He's super winning. 100% or 150% more than anybody else? <laughs> no, I think it's 50%. I looked on no, there the other day. I think you had 90-something. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I think the next nearest person was 28. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah significantly more. Yeah, it's, it's significant. And it's because I don't want to, like, I don't know. I don't want to just, like, I lost my stuff. I'll just get it all back. It's like, no, I go through the process of trying to re-get all my stuff. Oh, Anthony's pulling up the... Uh, our stats here on the screen so we can see them. So I can feel bad about myself. He's Thank a, you. He's Anthony. a ghost. Anyway, it's it's been fun, and I do enjoy it. I enjoy the um, the the figuring out as it goes uh, as far as, like, I don't really know what's possible. I don't know what all the different types of materials are and the different tools. that are. So it's not like I'm just going for something. I'm just collecting random things and then I'll go see what I can make with them. And I think yeah. that's kind of a neat thing is that it's, I don't, it's not known. It's mm-hmm. a, it's just a, kind of an exploration thing. And there's so much to that game that you would never be able to figure out that something existed without having a conversation with someone else. Or if you yeah. were specifically trying to like Google, you know, a task that you were trying to accomplish. That's what I like about the game is it, it, it is so simplistic at, at face value. Mm-hmm. It's purposely blocky. It's purposely, you know, low bit and then you can do so much in there and even today we were having lunch and you and your son and i were having a conversation you were like oh that's what that's for yeah and like yeah the eight-year-old knows exactly what it's for yeah and he can educate us on how to you know build a thing that lets you breathe underwater well what's ironic though is that my oldest has um a bunch of books like minecraft books that are guides to tell you how to do things Mm -hmm. and he read up like i don't know three or four of these books before he ever even played and he's only hmm. really played a little bit because it's mostly creative mode. You don't have to figure out how to do things. You just have everything available. And so he'll come down and just spout off all this, you know, oh, you have to make this with this and this and this. And you got to take it to the place and do the thing, the thing. And I'm like, when did you do that? Oh, I, I've never done it. I just read it. Yeah, that's and my son like too. Institutional knowledge yep. rather than experiential. But it's kind of cool. I mean, it's it's fun that. I have something that I'm interested in right now that I'm having a good time with. They have fun with it, and then they'll come down the stairs and peek around the corner and see me playing, and they run and like, what are you doing? Where are you? What are you building? Yep. You know, so it's kind of a fun thing. And I, I act like, 
you guys can't watch me. You already had your video game time. You got to go upstairs. But I just want to watch. I'm like, all right, you can stand here for a minute. And, you know. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's like I they found get a little, little inside time. A whole tree. Oh, look at that. You don't have to make the tree. Whee. Um, what else has been going on? Uh, I finished a massive landscaping project in my house. Oh, yeah. Which is really notable because I really hate landscaping. I mean, it's landscaping, but it's... You, it, when you say it that way, it sounds like you planted a bunch of trees. And it, it was no. far more utility yes. than that. I saw, well, so we have an above-ground pool in my backyard. It has a big wraparound deck. And the pool filter and pump and all the stuff was underneath the deck boards. And so you can get to it from the outside, but it's like a hot, sloppy, disgusting mess under there. And it's always been that way. That sounds nasty. Yeah, it's horrible. And because it's so just muddy and gross, the big sand filter over time, well before we bought the house two years ago, like is slumping into the mud and leaning heavily at like a 30 degree angle. And every time I have to do anything with the chemicals or I have to work, I got to slop down there in this nasty trough of filth. And I'm like, this is dumb. And where the stairs for our deck go down, there's a big like rectangular area that that all the pool guts and a big like uh, natural gas, whatever, tank tank that runs a fireplace like sits in this other part of uh, the back of the house. Again, it doesn't it doesn't need to sit there. It's unnecessary in its placement. So my wife and I uh, flattened out a big spot in that little nook by the stairs and had, like compacted all the, the dirt and put down rocks and put down pavers and then put down rocks over top of that. And we moved all of the big, heavy, awkward stuff into that little nook. So that grass doesn't need to be mowed. It's all centralized. And then I created a, like a central drain. So that was like that was step one. And so when you backwash the pool, it just takes the pool water and just like, go that way. And I have neighbors and I don't want to flood their yard like I have been. And we kind of live on a hill. So all of my backwash pool water just flows downhill to everybody else's yard. And in between my house and my downhill neighbor, it collects a lot of water when it rains anyway. So we made a like a combined joint effort French drain system. And I finally got it buried. I went and rented this massive ditch witch. You ever played with one of those before? I've never played with one. It's like a tank with a gigantic comedic saw blade on the front that's like five feet long and has massive teeth. And all its job is to dig a huge trench in the ground. And it was pretty cool. Hmm. And I've been waiting to rent it because it was in high demand. So I finally got it. Uh, I dug out all the trenches. I buried all the hoses. And it just works. Hmm. That big 3D printed drain thing that I left. There's like two provisions for the pool and then one for like a, an outdoor kitchen that I someday want to build. And I backwashed the pool for the first time yesterday after everything was buried. Everything was done. And the water just went away. <laughs> it was awesome. so cool. And it all just worked. And so that was like a, a good season and a half. We've, we've been planning this for a while and saving up for it. And it... I finished it on Saturday, so I didn't have to work on it on Father's Day. And I'm pretty stoked because it all just works now. Yeah, that's awesome. I can get to everything. Oh, one thing I did that was dumb. If you have <laughs> if you have a pool, we have a thing called a frog system. That's like an inline chemical treatment system. So you don't have to just like, I still have to shock the pool. But instead of just like dumping a bunch of chlorine in the skimmer or a little floaty thingy that goes around... Uh, it's like an inline system that takes like an outer canister and an inner canister. And the outer canister, you need one of those per season. Then the inner one is like the chlorine tablets. So water diffuses over the chlorine tablets, gets introduced into the pool water. It's much easier. <laughs> Look at these okay. little, little, little green bottles. Bottles of booze. Anyway, good. So we thought we were being very clever and very proactive and bought a pool season's worth of chemicals all last winter when they were cheaper on Amazon. Got all the chlorine things, got the little mineral pack thingy that goes in there. Uh, and I went to install it, and it didn't fit. <laughs> oh, no. And I got mad. So I went to the very expensive but very helpful pool place here in town. And I'm like, what the heck, man? This thing doesn't work. She's like, oh, you got the whatever color? That's the old one. I'm like. <sighs> she says, yeah, that, that old one's not going to fit. I'm like, well, what about the chlorine thingies that go in the old one? Are those not going to fit in a new one either? She goes, no, those aren't going to fit either. Like, so I bought a whole bunch of pool chemicals. So I bought their chlorine thing, which I know works. Or not the chlorine, the mineral thing. It fit. Chlorine thing, it doesn't fit inside there. So now 
I just saw off the top of my chlorine little canister thingies and just dump the chlorine nuggets into the hopper dealy. Totally works. Hmm. She told me that was an option. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's happening. <laughs> she says, well, you can try to return it. I'm like, nope, not doing that. So now every time I need chlorine, I just like, like you're doing a like the champagne bottle with the saber. Oh, yeah. But I do it with a utility knife on this thingy, and it takes a little longer. But I just I hack off the top and dump all the little chlorine pucks into this thing. And That's funny. Yeah, so live and learn. I mean, stuff is cheap on Amazon for a reason, I suppose. <laughs> I We had a pool in Savannah, and um, I miss swimming in the pool. I don't miss anything else about the pool. Yeah. The, the amount of upkeep and... Ow. Just stuff like the, I don't know, all the different parts that go into having a pool or I, I don't know. I'm not going to say they're not worth it, but it's, it's a lot, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff. So, and I don't miss that at all. Well, two jobs ago, some people that listen to this podcast might know that I used to work uh, as a water survival instructor and we worked in a, God, I remember how many gallon pool, but it had a, like a four foot shelf that immediately dropped down to a 12 foot shelf when we used to do water survival training in it. And so it was like part of my job to kind of take care of the pool. And I mean, it wasn't always glamorous and we had scuba gear and it was kind of neat. And so having to do that on my own, it doesn't really seem like work because the reward for my efforts is far different Yeah. to where when I had to do it for work, it was so that the pool didn't froth up and become a disgusting smell. But now like my daughter will get in that water like a drop of a hat doesn't matter she will go in there and the other day after i finally finished all that uh all that yard work i'm like all i'm doing is just collapsing into the pool Mm. and she's like i'm getting in the water and so she is four then she can swim underwater with me we have little competitions now to see who can dive and get a thing faster nice she could swim last year and then i think she forgot or got scared and so we had to kind of do a a refresher this season yeah, it's my time to like hang out with my daughter in the pool and it's I'm I'm building memories and I'm building a skill that again it, it floored me when I met somebody for the first time who didn't know how to swim. Mm-hmm. And like I, I finally understood, oh yeah, people don't like have the same upbringing or or availability for things that, that I do. But it's just one of those things that it it may not save her in her life one day, it may not she put it on a resume, but She's really good at swimming. Hmm. And we never had a swim team. Uh, ironically, growing up near the water, would, swim team was never a thing. But there's a swim team here in town. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool. She'd be on the swim team. <laughs> and she could win all the gold medals like Michael Phelps. Because apparently swimming has like 50 gold medals you can win. Where <laughs> if you if you do the luge, you only got the one. So I'm going to groom her to win all the medals. That was, I mean, so my wife was a lifeguard on the beach growing up. And... Um, so when it came time for us to look for a house and we found one that had a pool, I was kind of like, well, I mean, that would be fun, but it also sounds like a lot of work and I don't really like, I don't know, it'd be fine. She was like, I want the pool. Yep. <laughs> like, okay. You know, so we gave it a shot. It was a good house and we had a lot of fun in the pool. But one thing that was really amazing about it, like you're saying, is the kids, when we moved into that house, my oldest was nine months old. So the rest of them were born into a home that spent all of our time in the pool. And so they, you know, at seven, eight months, they were, we were throwing them back and forth, dunking them underwater, getting them totally used to that. So they all swam really well from a very young age. And that is incredibly important. And I'm really happy about, regardless of anything else about the pool or the maintenance or the whatever, the fact that they were able to Learn how to swim really young, not be afraid of it, Yep, um, I think is huge. So I'm definitely grateful for that. And I do miss uh, the fact that we, or the time that we spent in the pool. Because we used to just constantly be in the pool. Um, You know, like our our backyard in Savannah was pretty small. There wasn't a whole lot to do in our neighborhood because it wasn't a very... Like, we had a street we could walk down, but it, we couldn't walk to anything. You know, it wasn't on the way to something else, yeah. usually. So, it was a lot of young kids in the pool on the trampoline, in the pool on the trampoline, just yep. all the time. And that was that was good. And where we live now has its own different set of perks that I'm really happy about. But that is one thing I miss, is just how much time we actually spent in the pool. Um, did I tell you about, this is just related to the pool, the time the diving board fell in? 
<laughs> yeah, you told me. You tell everyone. <laughs> so my friend Aaron and his son were over swimming one time. And this pool was from the early 80s. And it was that traditional concrete light blue pool that you always think about. The in-ground pool with the light blue slide, the like, you know, half turn, the regular old um, diving board. It was like all the stuff that you would think of if you saw a pool from the early 80s. And it had been taken care of, but it was still old. And so we jumped on this diving board all the time. We had, it was really bouncy. We would have all these competitions and do all this fun stuff with me and my friends and the kids. And anyway, so uh, Aaron was a little bit bigger than me, but not much. He wasn't like a big guy or anything, but he went up one time and he was going to jump and bounce really high and then splash his son who was in the pool. And so he kind of motioned to me, like, check this out. So we're all looking at him, everybody except for his son, and he runs and jumps real high, hits the front of the diving board, but instead of bouncing back up, he just went straight down, yep. and the diving board went down with him. It like <laughs> stood up behind him and went into the pool, <laughs> and the bolts coming out of the ground uh, had rusted, and then because the, it had gotten loose, I guess, the fiberglass on the bottom of the thing had broken loose. Anyway, it just came loose all of a sudden and fell it kind of hit him in the back and fell in the pool after him. It was really funny. And he was fine. But it was hilarious because he was trying to be all sneaky and just fell in the pool. <laughs> it was pretty good. There was another story. There was something else I was going to say around the, the pool, and I can't remember what it was now. We were talking about it earlier. I don't know. I uh, absolutely love the water. And I've discovered that about myself more and more, that I really miss being around the water. And when we go on vacation, we go back, you know, home to Florida. And when we go for Thanksgiving and stuff, like it's kind of chilly mm. and yeah. it's not really beach weather. And so I'm kind of sad when we go home sometimes that I can't go. Like you can go sit on the beach and hooray, like the beach. But like the beach and the water are, they're a thing. You know, they're, they're a, a combination. It's yeah. a package deal. Yeah. And I know friends of mine and my father, like my father hates the sand. Hmm. Absolutely hates it. Like he doesn't want to go to the beach. And so I like both of them. Yeah. I'm going to go swimming. I'm going to go scuba diving. I'm going to be in the water as much as I possibly can. So obviously you, per, I would imagine you prefer the ocean, but do you, do the you, Gulf. Well, whatever. Okay. Yeah. You're one of those. So do you, do you dislike lakes? I'm scared of lakes. Really? I'm a Florida kid, man. Every lake has got alligators in it. Like, we were in New Jersey, and I remember there was a lake, and someone was talking about going to swim. I'm like, that lake has got alligators in it. And then they're like, we're in New Jersey. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I guess that's not a thing everywhere else. See, that's why I don't like being in water in Florida. Because every, no matter what body of water you're in, south of Atlanta, something can kill you. Yeah. But north valid. of Atlanta, I'm, I'm just picking Atlanta as a point, but... Anywhere up past that, there are very few things that can kill you. There are things that can kill you. Yeah, but you can't you. see. It's just like murky and soupy. I guess I don't really see that. Yeah, I'm, the reason I was asking about yeah. that is because me growing up here with lake water and, I mean, we were in rivers a little bit, which is a little bit different situation, but it was mostly being in lakes, you know, going on boats and stuff, going water skiing. And to me, jumping in a, in water where I know there's nothing that can hurt me, I don't care how muddy or dark it is, mm. but like jumping into clear water in Florida, I, that means I can see the shark coming. That means I yeah. can see the thing, but I can't get away from it. I'm still just, I'm more uncomfortable, especially with the rivers down there and the lakes because they're murky. You know, the ocean's one thing, so you can kind of kind of see in certain parts, yeah, but man, bit. like Jenny's parents live on a small lake and... I just put my feet in that. No, not there doing is that. something right there. It's got to be within arm's reach <laughs> that can eat me, and I don't want it to. Yeah. There, where we were in the Panhandle, like there were these two really predominant rivers. There was the bay that was brackish water, like a mixture of salt and fresh water, and then there was the Gulf of Mexico. So you had all aquatic biomes available to you at any time, and in your single neighborhood where we lived, like we moved away from the beach uh, to. Uh, a town kind of further inland on the interstate when I was a teenager. But in your neighborhood, there could be like, those people go exclusively to the beach. Those people go exclusively to the bay. And those hmm. people go exclusively to the river. 
Interesting. And so there was okay. a, a little socio, like, I don't want to say economic, because the river was usually cheaper to get to and it right. wasn't as far away. But, like, there was a distinct group of people that went to each place. Not that it was, you know, it, it would divide people, but they had the place that they would go. Like, Tiff's family used to go to the river a lot. And they would go camping on this one spot in the river. So if it was hot and you needed to be refreshed and you wanted to be near water, that was the first place they chose. Hmm. I remember she asked me to go to the river one time. I'm like, no, I don't go to the river. Like, that's gross. Why would I go to the river when the beautiful Gulf of Mexico is right there? And the river seemed like if you wanted to be away from all the people, you would choose the river Uh, and have a more laid back, get an inner tube and drink some beers floating down the river was one thing. The bay was way more calm. It had a really, really shallow shelf, so you could walk really far out into the bay. It was brackish water, so if you had, like, little kids, it was easier to kind of keep them all contained. They weren't going to get, like, pounded by waves. Uh, they got they swallowed some of the water. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of the people with a bunch of little kids would tend to go there. And so Tiff's sister, who has a bunch of kids, when they wanted to go somewhere refreshing, they would go to the bay. And a lot of people go down to, so we're, we lived near Destin and, and Fort Walton Beach. A lot of people wanted to go to like the big places down on the beach that had like the beach chairs and all the stuff. And I, I didn't want to be around anybody. And my dad was in the Air Force and there were certain places uh, right on the Gulf of Mexico that the Air Force Base owned. And he showed me where some of the best spots were that are really, really far out of the way. He used to work at this. Yeah, no one could get to. I I mean, they they can now, but there are certain spots that you can't get to. But like my beach that I declare, if I'm going (laughs) to the beach, I'm going to one specific place Mm. out of the entire wide world. And I could go there any day of the week and maybe see four people. Hmm. And that's why I go there. Wow. It's beautiful. It's not super secluded, but it, it looks awkward to get to because it's behind like fences along the road because it's Air Force property. There's no condos. There's no beach chairs. There's no bathrooms. Like you dig a hole in the ground and you lay down and you sunbathe so your back gets some sun and then you go pee-pee and then you just cover that up with the sand or you go in the water if it's not too cold. But that is, that's the beach to me. Um, When I was in the army, I had to make up, I think it's still in my will right now. I had to make up a will and then I had to make up like specific instructions. Like if something happened to me, what, memorial ceremony or whatever did i want i'm like i want to be sprinkled from a helicopter over that beach Hmm. i want everybody to go to that beach because that's where i'm gonna go if you need me (laughs) when i skipped school i went to that beach and now when we go home like if there were pictures taken of our family like that's where we're going right and if someone's like oh we're gonna go down the way to the crab trap because there's bathrooms and there's restaurants and they have the volleyball net on the beach i'm like i'm not going there there's other people. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but there was the very clear distinction between river people and bay people. River people. And, be- and beach people. <laughs> the river, I got, I, no, I'm not going to the river. The river, you would go like canoeing down Yeah. every once in a while. But then like there was never a canoe trip in my family where someone didn't flip on a canoe. So there was. Oh, that's part of the fun. Yeah. It wasn't like a relaxing time. It was an adventure. And. If you wanted an adventure, then okay, cool. Yeah, we can go kayaking or canoeing See, or whatever. That's funny because when we were growing up, when I was very young, we went camping quite a bit and we went canoeing quite a bit. And it was definitely an adventure. It wasn't, I mean, I was young, so to me it was an adventure. I don't know actually what it was. But it was never, when I think of going to the beach, I think of going and laying on the beach and like it being, this is air quotes for people who are just listening, relaxing Mm -hmm. and it's not relaxing it's terrible but that's what i think of people when they go to the beach that's what they want to do they want to go lay there when i go when i think of going canoeing or whitewater rafting or kayaking or something like that that's like that's adventure it's fun you never know what you're going to get into it's going to be moving you know even if it's not fast it's just you're going from place to place it's part of the the fun of it and so for us going to the lake or going to the rivers when i was really young was about being in a boat going to a thing and setting up camp somewhere. And then, cause we would go take a canoe down one of the rivers around here. And we had this little tiny Island in the middle of this river and we called it baloney Island for some reason. I don't know why, hmm. but we would canoe, you know, an hour or something to it, pull up on it, set up camp, spend the night and then take the canoe the rest of the way down the river to the dock 
like there was a dock down there and then somebody would go drive. I don't know how they got it. Yeah. But, um, so we would do that. And then when I was older, you know, my friends who had like speed boats and stuff, their parents had boats. We would go to some of the lakes around here and go, uh, you know, water skiing or kneeboarding or it was before any of the other fun stuff that you can do. We'd go, uh, on tubes and stuff like that. And so for me being in water was always about doing a fun thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, not just coexisting with nature. Yeah, I think that's yeah. part of why I'm just now realizing why I dislike the beach. Not that you can't do those things at the beach because you can surf, you can do all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think oftentimes the, the thing is to go lay on the beach and it's just boring. Yeah. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. And there's water right there. Like, it would make a lot more sense to me to surf or to do something. But then, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I don't do those things often enough to be good at them. And that takes some of the fun away. Anyway, I was just curious what you thought about lakes. Because, to me, that was... It still trips me out seeing water. as many boats in Kentucky as we do. Really? Yeah. Because it, it, it floors me. Like, yeah, I understand that lakes are a thing. And that people can enjoy them. I'm, I don't know. Hmm. It's still, there's some weird barrier to like, why do you have a boat? Have you ever been whitewater rafting? Yeah. Yeah. Whitewater rafting in Switzerland. Yeah. That was super cool. Yeah. But is there whitewater around here? Uh, Not in Kentucky. West Virginia has quite a bit. Hmm. And that's where I've been. In Tennessee, in North Carolina. Hmm. And there's a lot around that's within reach. And it's, I guess, North Georgia. There's a lot. That's a fun thing. I haven't done that in a few years. Uh, But that would be a fun thing to go do sometime. Anyway, I would like to get outside. We were talking about for my birthday coming up, what we're going to do. And I was thinking about going camping somewhere. But I haven't really made plans. And that's in like a couple of weeks. So I don't know if that would even be possible to do at this point. But I haven't been outdoor enough, you know, over the last several months. So I'd like to take advantage of that. So my wife uh, has a trip scheduled for me for my birthday, which is three days after your birthday. Mm-hmm. And she is taking me to St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. Go lay on the beach and be, do nothing? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am going. <laughs> do, we didn't talk about that on a podcast. No, no, no. Man, no, we no. haven't recorded in such a long time no. that I can't remember what we've actually talked about. Part of it is going to lay on the beach. Uh, we, My wife has been to St. Thomas uh, in February, she went for people who were listening. She went on like a girl's trip because tickets were really cheap. Well, we're going to go visit her family, which is down in like the space coast of Florida down near Titusville. And we can fly out of Orlando to St. Thomas for dirt cheap That's and wild. get an Airbnb. We can get an Airbnb uh, in St. Thomas per day is cheaper than a hotel room in Macon, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So she's treating me, I think, four or five days. I mean, but have you been to Macon? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty nice and all. <laughs> I've been to Macon a lot. I guess they have easier access to running water and electricity. So maybe that's why it's way more expensive. <laughs> um, but we're going to go hang out. And I miss diving. And so I wanted to go on a dive trip. And my wife is a scuba diver as well. But I wanted to go diving so that I could go. Um, that's going to sound stupid. I mean, I can go. <laughs> Catch lobsters, and it's called lobster tickling because the lobsters down in the Caribbean and down in Florida, they don't have claws. They're rock lobsters, so they're, they're really big, and they have really big tails, but they, like, hide in the rocks. And so you take a stick, and it's just like the end of a fishing pole. It's just like a piece of plastic, whatever. It's called a tickle stick. And you put the stick in the hole, and you, like, you, like, tickle them in the tail, butt region and they get real annoyed and they like come out of the hole and then they try to cup their tail under them the way a lobster tail would like curl under Mm -hmm. and they shoot really fast and so you have to use your tickle stick they're like get out of there and then as soon as it comes out of the hole you you put a net over top of them and then they freak out and then you take them by their big long antennae and you cook them and you eat their butt (laughs) And that is what I'm hoping to do. So we have a, a lobstering and spearfishing trip uh, scheduled with this guy that has a boat. We're staying on the north side. I'm super excited. Yeah. And since be fun. Tiff does this, um, I don't know if we talked about it. She does this online 
uh, teaching where she helps kids in China like uh, learn English. And so every morning she gets up and teaches some classes and then she makes a certain amount of money per month that we don't really budget for because it, it was always in flux and it was kind of new. And so that's just like extra money that we have. She's making really good money doing that. And she started doing more classes at night in the evenings. And so she is paying for this whole trip to paradise uh, on her dime. And that's pretty cool. That is very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So I get some beach. I get fishing. I get tropical drinks melting in my hand like in Kokomo. It's going to be swell. <laughs> Kokomo, Indiana. <laughs> I remember when I drove past Kokomo, Indiana. I was very disappointed. <laughs> Those beach boys are probably crap, man. <laughs> That's funny. Well, that'll be cool. That'll be yeah. really good. And it's a kind of a long trip, right? Like, Yeah, because we're... we're, not, we're a not, not a short trip, I guess. No. And most of the summers, like when you and your family go down to Florida, we went a couple times. But I think the last year... Oh, I've been here longer than two years. Dang. Mm-hmm. I think every summer when you guys go down for uh, the summer to go see your family in Florida, we like pause and go, well, we could save that money for this and we could get stuff done. And so it's always, we've, we've ducked out of doing a summer trip. Yeah. And we would in lieu, like do smaller camping trips like you're talking about, but all the camping sites have been closed and we haven't had a chance to do that. And now my wife has earned enough money to treat me to a trip. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it. That's awesome. And our kids are being watched by my father-in-law, which is awesome. So it's a mommy-daddy trip to the Caribbean. Yeah. That will be cool. So I won't be available for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well. Anthony could put this wall together because I'm pretty sure this whole castle thing will not be put together by then. <laughs> this is insane. I'm not going to touch it. That's for sure. Cool. Well, we're uh, well over an hour. Are we uh, really? And yeah. I didn't do anything. I put one piece together. Look what I did. Um, well, we'll get back to it and, you know, Oh, do you want to talk about the thing we just released today? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. No, you do it. It's your thing. Uh, well, it's, it's our thing. We yeah. put out, uh, a, an online course, our first okay. online course today called Fusion 360 for Makers. And we have been working on it for like uh, two months. For, for a minute. As long as quarantine has been going on. We, yeah. It was in the planning phases before then, but as soon as we were all separated because of the quarantine, we yeah, got on it. They like jumped on it. Um, and so, yeah, we, we kind of collected our knowledge on Fusion 360 and tried to build a course that would be helpful to people to learn it, even if they don't have any experience in 3D modeling. And, you know, there's no assumption that you have anything going into it. Um, and so we're finally putting that out to the world today. And it's kind of crazy because we have been working on it internally for so long. We've had some other people test it and check it out and give us feedback and all that. But it's still been kind of a secret kind of in-house thing. And yep. now it's out there to everybody. So, Which I think is funny because every week uh, when I explain to people who don't know any better what we do, um, I say that we have a, a, a product launch every single week. We have to market, we have to do research, we have to build the thing, we have to do all those things that a normal company would do to a real product just on a much smaller scale. And so this has been like, no, this is an actual product product Yeah, that we have put forth a lot more effort into this course than we do a weekly project video. And so now I think all of us are that nervous, excited, scared. Yeah. By like, we, we pushed the button and made the announcement video live on YouTube and on Instagram and we'll go do it other places here in a minute. But like... Whoa, this is a thing that we put forth a lot of effort individually to make this thing that is a lot more Mm in-depth. So I think the amount of effort that we put into it inherently is is higher than a project video. And I'm really proud of it. Yeah, I am too. Um, I think it's kind of, it's different in a bunch of different ways. But one of the big ones is that, you know, when we do project videos, it's, there is some learning that happens through that, but its goal is not necessarily here's a bunch of information and we're doing a straight knowledge transfer from me to you. This thing, this course is just that. It's yep. here, there's a bunch of stuff and I have to relay this stuff to you in a way that you can absorb all of it and make it useful. And so for me, it's a very different, uh, I don't know, it carries like a different weight or it mm-hmm. has like a different 
I don't know, like the, the impact that it could have is very different. And so I'm, I think I'm a little nervous about that. I just want that yeah. to be what it can be for people, you know? And we talked about that during the initial uh, conceptualization of this whole course was that it, it people need to pay for that one-on-one -on -one instruction. How do you get one-on-one -on -one when they're just watching a video? Yeah. And so that from the how it's framed, how it's put together, the your delivery style was all about making people feel and that you are talking directly to them. And if you could handhold somebody through a very complex piece of software, like that is step one. Everything is based off of that foundation. So uh, if you're interested in learning more about Fusion 360, we all use it for all the projects that we do here to help conceptualize the idea, how to vet the construction methods to come up with like a bill of materials so that we can save our time, we can be efficient with our time. And then you can make plans, you can 3D print, you can CNC, you can do all the cool things with that mm -hmm. one model. And if that's appealing to you at all, uh, you should go check out, uh, Anthony's not here, he would put it on the screen. Yeah. Uh, ILT.MS slash fusion. Super easy. Yes. And a couple of the chapters are previewable, so you can get a feel for what you're going to get. For free. Uh, yeah, for free. It is a paid course because we put forth a lot of work into this. And it's a lot slower, like we mentioned. So hopefully, and if the feedback we've gotten so far is that people have found a lot of value in it. So go check it out. If it's something that you're interested in, it's there for you. It's not there for us to buy beach houses, which we joke about. It's honestly, <laughs> we started this with, we, we can inspire people. We can give people our plans, but what can we do to help people create their own stuff? Yeah. And go, well, we need to teach them how to make their own stuff. And so this is where this started. Yeah. So go check it out. Yeah. It's please, pretty good. Please go check it out. Um, and I hope it's useful for people and I hope it's good. And we would like to hear about it. If you have, you know, if you check it out and you have an opinion, good, bad, or ugly, um, we'd like to know. Cause I think we want to do more of this type of thing in ways that make sense for people. Uh, but I want to do it. I want to make sure that if we do another one, it's better that it's more focused and is more beneficial for the people who are investing in it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so go check that out, and I guess that's about it. And you got anything else you want to chat? Mm -mm. I would like to thank, uh, since we haven't seen him in person, I would like to thank Forby uh, and Anthony for their amazing work on the Fusion 360 course. I know we launched it today, and it's just you and I here in the house. The other yeah. two guys are not here. So if they were here, I think we would all do a collective jumping high five. So in lieu of that, I want to thank them personally for their work on this. We all worked from home. And so I felt very isolated. And so now to see that thing where I felt like I was by myself come to fruition, even though I definitely was not by myself, uh, we couldn't have done any of this without all four of us together. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank them. Yeah. Likewise. Everybody did a, a great job. And it was a cool team effort to work on something like that together. Uh, it was awesome. Now I need everyone's help with this puzzle. <laughs> so the next two months are going to be us helping Josh with this puzzle. Uh, if you want to go check that out, go check it out. If you want to join the Maker Alliance, uh, actually, some of the tiers get a discount. The All the tiers. tiers. All the tiers? All the tiers, All the get, tiers get a, a discount. discount on the course. So might be something we'll think about. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, where can people find you Whoa. on social? Uh, on Instagram and everywhere else at Josh underscore makes stuff. And you can find me and all of us. At I like to make stuff on all the stuff. And if you want to find out more about the course, it's going to be all over the social media places. Yep. So you won't have trouble finding it. ILT.MS slash fusion. F-U-S-I-O-N. Yes. Very good. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.